Well, you're welcome to a great night of technology conversations right here in Ghana because this is City Trends. My name is Philippa Sean and City Trends is sponsored by First National Bank. Now they are asking, why let your business settle for less when you can get a lot more with First National Bank? So go beyond banking with a digital partner that understands your business. Let your business bank the better way with a business account, for example, from First National Bank. Now the First National Bank business account is more than just an account. It's a portal that gives you access to tools designed to propel your business this includes features like the award-winning online banking enterprise straightforward global payment solution and trade solutions and merchant services as well you can choose an account that suits your particular sector no matter what segment you're in from a great to public sector and everything else in between first national bank has got you covered just visit firstnationalbank.com.gh and opt to have one of their consultants call you or you can just pop into any of their branches either the one at a mall and there's one at Junction Mall, there's Makola Mall, West Hills Mall, Achimota Mall, Tama Community, 11 Yan Towers, and of course, their head office branch at the Accra Financial Center building. It's more than just a business to you. If it is, then that is why First National Bank is here to help you out. First National Bank Ghana is a subsidiary of the First Run Group of South Africa. First National Bank, how can we help you? On the show today, we speak about what exactly user experience is and why you need to understand how it works so that when you're building your app or you're building your website or you're advising the person who's building the website or you are writing the check for the person who's going to build the website or the app, you know exactly what you need to ask them and what they should be looking out for. Of course, we know that we are in a gig economy and we can't move any few steps forward without having a proper app or a proper website that must be user-friendly. So that is what we're going to discuss on the show today. My guest on the show is Joseph Albert Curie, and he's the editor of Technova GH. He'll be taking, telling us all about Technova GH before the show is over. We have the app segment, the how-to segment, the trending segment, and of course, your tech as well coming up on the show. It's packed. So make sure you stay tuned in and enjoy. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that. It's very, very easy. Um, just send us a WhatsApp message on our 0549986996. That's our WhatsApp number, 0549986996. Alternatively, send us a message on Twitter using the hashtag CityTrends. Well, it's time for us to get into the how-to segment. And um, today, we'll be looking at um, a follow-up from last week. Last week, we started by talking about how to format properly text in whatsapp conversations last week we started with boldening and today we're going to look at how exactly you can itemize um text in your whatsapp so nina koto is here with that and let's go hello and welcome to the how-to segment on city trends last week we showed you how to bolden your text but today I am going to show you how to make your text have the slant effect, otherwise known as italics. This effect makes the text slanted rather than stand straight. If you want to slant your text in WhatsApp, 
Begin it with an underscore sign and repeat the same immediately after. You should see the italics or slant text effects take place right away. Please note, ensure that there is no space between the underscore and the first letter of the word following immediately after. Also, at the end of the word or sentence, ensure that the same thing doesn't happen. Thank you and have a good evening. Has your computer developed a problem you don't understand? Is your phone refusing to respond? Is there a computer virus you're battling with? Are you having problems signing into your account? Share your tech problems with City Trends and we will get the experts to help you solve them. Send us your problems via WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. You can also send us a tweet using the hashtag CityTrends. Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. Well, the debate about user experience or UX, as some people like to say, is a very, very important one. It's a very important conversation about the progress of any particular product. Um, if you want to build any product, if you want to build any brand, any app or any website, it's very, very important that you make the user experience as um, as befitting or as easy as possible. But it's not exactly the easiest thing to do because a lot of people sometimes get into the thoughts process of building something spectacular but then forget how important it is for people to actually enjoy their experience on the platform and that is why we have summoned um, Joe into the studio to come and walk us through why it's, it's, it's important for us to think about user experience in the building of apps in the building of websites um, where people go to interact typically on a daily basis Joseph is the editor of Technova GH. Joe, thank you so much for joining us once again. It was a pleasure having you last year yeah. um, for um, the Techpreneurs Month. And um, I, I honestly didn't know that you, because I saw um, a bio of yours on Twitter where you're breaking down some of the things that you've been doing. And I was like, has he actually been doing all these things? But anyway, it's, it's very, very um, clear that you have a passion and a love for um, the tech space. Um, briefly, what is Technova? And um, tell us why and what exactly user experience is from your perspective. Sure. So let me just um, talk about Technova just for a brief minute. Um, so Technova is a, um, I guess, digital platform that I started about three years ago, almost three years ago, that was just to cover the tech space in Ghana. Mm. So basically, we're just covering the entrepreneurs, the startups, who's getting funded, who is building the hubs, and what's happening in the tech space. So basically trying to just um, create a narrative around 
the entrepreneur space in Ghana mm. and what's happening. In. Mm. Brilliant. So that's three years ago. Yeah, three years ago. So that's fine. Yeah, three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday um, of sorts. Um, so why, why, why is user experience such a big deal for you? Um, so interesting enough, I think about I would say five years ago, mm. I was actually working doing something called software quality assurance. Um, mm. So I was doing some. Fancy. I know the word is <laughs> the phrase is very fancy. So I was actually doing some things on some applications. You know where you go to the application, see if it's supposed to work as it's supposed to be. Right. So as I was going through those applications, I noticed that hmm, these things are not as well designed or visually pleasing, or doesn't really show how to go through a process. And I was like. This, there's got to be a better way for people to actually build better applications or web app web right. services. Mm. So I actually looked it up and found out that there's a field called user experience. So I did more research, and the more research I dug into, the more I was actually feeling that this is kind of a space I could actually venture into. Mm. So I started doing more research, started um, working with some colleagues of mine, and we started this startup, I think it was about four years ago, called User Hub Africa. Oh. So we wanted to actually go to people and tell them, uh, you know, just walk through the process of user experience, how to build applications, to make it more user-friendly, um, just to create more value for what they're building. What ex So what exactly is this user experience? Like, you know, it's, it sounds fancy, but what is it? Yeah, so it's one of those terms that people get kind of sometimes throw out, mm. but it's basically this field where you are creating um, experiences which in, enhance the user satisfaction of what you're building. Right. So if you're building an application, you want to make sure that when your users go through those um, processes, it's easy for them to do what they're supposed to do. For instance, if you build a fintech app, mm -hmm. you want to build an application that's very easy for users to go in, make a payment, and then get out. So sometimes you want to make the least amount of steps for the user to go through to make a payment. Sometimes you want to go from eight steps, but you want, you want them to get through four steps. So just making it as fast as possible, as easy as possible, mm. very user-friendly as far as visibility and design, and just to enhance that experience. Do, do you get the sense that sometimes people just put in a little too much when they are building a platform? Yes, sometimes. And why, why do they do that? <laughs> because sometimes people think that if something looks really, really nice, that means it's going to be, the end result is going to be good. Mm. But sometimes you need to build, sometimes building minimalist design is really more efficient than building something that's very colorful, putting all the colors in it, all the words in it. Mm. So sometimes you want to build as minimal as possible for the end result to be very efficient. Mm. And why do they miss the boat, though? Um, I think that we, at this point in time, we're very focused on development. As far as, you know, the back-end development of applications, we haven't really focused on the design aspect of it. Mm. So people go in their backend and build the application. They want to make it more colorful because it stands out, but they don't really focus on, okay, I want to build an application that's very minimalistic, very efficient, and very well done. So they always focus on the backend, never on the front end. And the problem is in our space, we don't have a lot of, I guess, designers who are vested in um, app designing or web designing. So maybe you have graphic designers who actually design websites, but they don't really focus on the user experience, how to go through the process of making it But a easier. website is a website, though. It is, but there's always a science to it. Mm. So there's always a science to building applications and websites. So for instance, if you want to build a website, what is the end goal of building that website? Sometimes people want to make it as visually nice as possible, but are you building a website for information to make it more efficient for users to go through? Mm. Or are you building a website where you can want to sell something to the user? 
So there's always a science in how you're building things as far as you experience. That's that's interesting. Well, this is you're still tuned in to 97.3 City FM. This is City Trends, and we are having a conversation about user experience, what exactly it is, and why you should even be paying attention to it if you're building a website, if you're building a product, if you're building an app, for example, why you should pay attention to user experience. My guest is Joseph. And Joseph is the editor of Tech Nova. So, I mean, in what ways does user experience manifest itself on a typical day? Um, so, I can give you a typical example. For instance, when you open your Uber app, right. for instance, and you're, you're trying to request a ride, there's a certain back back-end thing that happens. So, when you click a button to actually um, request a ride, the app automatically just takes your location and then finds a driver for you to come. Right. So that's built in the user experience. Mm. You don't want what Uber did in the first iteration was you had to enter your location first and then enter your destination. Mm. But what they did through the process is they made it they refined it more. So now you just enter your location. The location of where you are happens in the background. So it's more it's more easy, it's faster. Mm. So you have to enter your location. All you do is enter your destination and picks the ride. So that whole process is very fine, very straightforward. Mm. And also you can actually see visually where your driver is on the application mm. and how far they are. Mm. So that gives you this, I guess, um, visual appeal that, okay, my driver is on the way so mm. I can see him. And it also tells you that, okay, he's five minutes away, 10 minutes away. So that helps in, that helps in your requesting your ride. So that's the whole Uber ride experience. Mm. So that's something that you can say that's a good user experience for people. So that whole chain is what, basically comes together as user experience exactly mm. exactly because it's it's not easy just to pick up and design any right application mm. if you take the uber example for experience it's one of the i think i think it's one of the best rider experiences at the moment mm. so people try to adopt so you see we see a lot of other applications use that same kind of experience nowadays mm. whether it's yango whether it's um, bolt any of those other applications they're kind of using the same experience uber built and kind of doing the same thing i see I see. Well, if it's good, you have to, blah, 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 I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how, what are some of your, um, your key pointers um, that um, people should note when they are building either applications or websites or platforms so that they can maximize the user experience? Are there any um, key pointers or things that people should note? Is there a checklist that we are supposed to have in mind? Um, yeah, sometimes there's a checklist, but I think one of the main points of user experience design is that you always have to put yourself in place of the users. Mm. So if you are designing an app for, for let's say you're designing for a school, you have to think from the perspective of maybe the teachers or even the parents or the, t the kids who are using the application. So you have to kind of draw scenarios like, okay, if a parent's using this teacher application or education application, how would they feel when they're going through the process of maybe signing up? Mm. How they go through the process of making maybe an appointment with their teachers in school? Mm. So you always have to put yourself in place. So it's kind of like empathy, or you have to empathize with uh, the person you're designing for. Mm. Some people always design from their perspective, like, yeah. okay, I can do this, so it should be easy. Mm. But then if you think about how will this maybe 40-year-old, 50-year-old person using the application, how would they feel when I'm designing this application? Mm. Mm. So yeah, um, so there's other checklists you can actually go through. So all these applications you're, bu you're building in, you have to also focus on the fact that your application has to have some sort of like help or documentation form in the application because not everybody can figure out what your application is. So if they're lost in your application, there should be a feature where you can actually say, okay, how do I do X, Y, Z? So it's sort of like building in like a manual or a help functionality. 
or maybe you want to um, there's also some other um, features you want to build in maybe how the design so the colors you're not supposed to use too many colors because mm -hmm. it kind of clashes so visually you can actually uh, mess up a user's experience on that application mm -hmm. and there's there's several others I and mean, then there's a long checklist it's called the um, heuristic evaluation okay so um, it was designed by somebody called Nielsen. He was uh, kind of a human computer interaction engineer. So he built this checklist that says that you have to go through all this checklist to make sure your your application is very um, user friendly. Do you have, do you have it? Um, I have it. I have I have a few pointers in my head. So basically, let's let's, let's go. So yeah. Some so um, so a couple of them is like okay, it has to be visually pleasing. Right. For instance, that's the first one. Um, another functionality is that if a user encounters an error on your application there should be some way to actually help the user solve it. So your last point of defense should be about calling customers ever to fix your problem. Mm. Maybe the users themselves can actually figure it out from the application. Okay. And you should be able to build it such that they can fix it themselves. Exactly. So for instance, mm. if I'm having a login, login problem with your application, there should be some sort of help or guideline that says that, oh, your app, you couldn't log into your application. Have you tried X? Have you tried Y? So maybe build that into the application so that it makes it easier for them to re actually resolve their own problem. Mm. So that's another um, aspect of it. There's other aspects of it. Um, I would say another one is um, um, helping re recalling information. Mm. So for instance, if you look like on Amazon, for instance, when you every time you search for a product and you come back to the home page, Amazon reminds you that you search for a product X. So something like that, that helps the user recall that, oh, I was actually searching for this product, so let me actually find similar products. So it's easy to recall the information. And also something called um, cognitive um, load. Mm. So that means that don't burden your users with too much information when they first come in your website application. Mm. So don't put too many words, don't put too many pictures because it becomes cumbersome and the user have, find it difficult to actually see what's happening on the screen at the same time. Mm. So it makes it easier for them. So the experience is more enhanced. There was something I read about, something about Hicks Law, um, where when a user has uh, more choice, it makes it takes longer for them to make a decision. That's true. For example, like how how serious is that for anybody who is thinking about user experience? So there, so that's something called I think the paradox of choice. So yeah. basically, you don't want, like I said, about the cognitively, you don't want to overload the user with too much information mm. because then they have difficulty actually trying to um, go through a process. So for instance, if you are trying to help a user with reg registration, you want them to have a page where, they, okay, on that page, they want to just select their date of birth. Mm. You don't want to make a long form where they have to do date of birth, they have to do um, their name, last name, parents' name, all that, all on one page. Right. You want to reduce that. So you may be you have maybe two or three fields on one page and they can go to the next page and continue that form mm. so they know where they are. Right. Interesting. That's a lot of things for us to consider. Let me just run through the list that you've given us so far. So put yourself in the place of the user. Yes. That's one of the first things that you talked about. Visually pleasing. Yes. And nobody right. likes um, terribly looking no. <laughs> <laughs> mobile apps and websites. Um, focus on help and documentation. Um, solving errors, helping with recalling of information, cognitive load. Don't burden your user with too much exactly. information such that they can't even make a decision in the first place. Exactly. Um, are some of the things that you talk about. Are there anything else you know that you can help us with, um, especially for our listening public who are probably um, 
in the final phases of approving an app or um, approving um, or getting approval for um, the building of a website, you know. Anything else to share? Yes, there's oh, this last thing I think is very important. Uh, people need to start testing their website or application with actual people. Because sometimes people sit in the corner and de develop their applications or the websites, and then the last minute they push it out to the public to consume. Mm. Um, I would say the best way to do is just test with people around you, whether it's your friends or families, and let them give you concrete feedback. Maybe you just get like five, six people in the room, say, can you go through my application, tell me what you think. Mm. And because they're, they're looking at it with fresh eyes than yours, they can tell you, okay, I think this part of your application is not as good. Or they tell you that I had difficulty going through this um, phase of the application or website. So that gives you concrete feedback and you can go back to your application and then you can actually um, redesign it to make it better. Because those few users you've actually tested with, they can be kind of a sample size of the larger group of people you want to use your app mm -hmm. website. Uh, do you, how purposeful do you have to be about selecting the people who actually interface with your, the platform that you've created. So, some, so yeah, so sometimes it depends on who you want, who you're building an application or website for. So for instance, I said, if you're building an education website, you want to test it with teachers, that's your kind of group or sample you want to test it with. So mm -hmm. you let them go to the application and say, tell you what they think about this app you're building for education. Mm -hmm. So they'll give you really good feedback and say, oh, I wouldn't build it like this. Or I wouldn't go through this process. Or I wouldn't use this field. So you can go back to your application and redesign it from their um, feedback and then come back with it. There have been times when designers are not very pleased with the feedback that they get. Yeah. Because sometimes it can be very, like, blunt and it is not the most pleasant feedback to take, especially when you spend nights coding and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, any words of advice for people in that position? I mean, I always say never take it personal because it's not, they're not saying that you are the bad designer. They're saying what you're building, there can be improvements on it. Right. So never take it personal. It's just they're trying to help you. They're giving you kind of blunt feedback, which is actually what you need because you don't want that feedback that is like, oh, it looks nice or it's not bad. And they never give you that concrete feedback. You want that concrete feedback so you can go back to your application and make it better. Right. Right. We have a message from Freeman Echampong, eScript Solutions. He says UX or user experience is important because it tries to fulfill the user's needs. It aims to provide positive experiences that keep users loyal to the product or the brand. Additionally, a meaningful user experience allows you to define customer journeys on your website that are most conducive to business successes. One of the things that I also read, and thank you so much, um, Freeman, um, for that contribution there. Um, how big a deal is positioning, you know, on a website, especially for the user? How, like, how do you decide, for example, where to put the help button or where to put the, um, the emoji that shows the avatar or like, is there a science to that? Interesting enough, there is. So, I mean, there's been some people who have done some studies that show that when a user is, for instance, on a website, how they view their website, it's kind of, I guess, something like an L or, or a Z pattern. So they read the website from the top right of the monitor to the top left, and then maybe down all the way. Or sometimes they do the Z pattern. So top left, top right, and then cut across, and then back to the bottom. Mm. So yeah, so there's a, there's a way to, that's why most of the, I guess, navigation bars on websites on the top, that's where you have all the menu button stuff. Mm. So that's where the first thing the user sees when they go on the website. Mm. That's where their first thing the eyes goes to. Mm. So, and then they go to the left side, and that's where they see the logo of right. your business or your application. Right. So when they're also looking down or across, then you can see that, okay, they're looking 
in the center of the screen, mm. that's when you want to maybe position your buttons or position your whatever copy or words you're putting on your website. So I think most people actually view websites also on the left-hand side. So maybe you see that when you go to websites, most of the text is positioned on the left-hand side. Mm. So there's, there's always a science to most of these things. That's interesting. Like you'd actually think, you know, just put some, put it there, like just put it there and go on. But it looks like there is a science to it, and, yes. and it's something that we need to pay closer attention to. Now, um, I mean, I know we've talked about this, but um, how do you serve a user what they want without overwhelming them? Because you know that you know they need something. Mm -hmm. But at which point do you decide when, like? information is too much information for them mm. or a service is or the audience is not ready for that kind of a, mm. that kind of experience okay so even before you even design a website or application sometimes you can do something that's called um, user researching mm. so basically you have a like a, a, a hypothesis of what you're trying to build so you want to build a payment app that does um, loans or or make payments for certain services. Mm. So what you do is you can actually go out into the field and actually maybe survey a couple of people and then ask specific questions. So you were trying to get information from them about how they feel about maybe finance apps in the first place or how they feel about making a payment on an application or make or trying to make loans from an application. So when you get that feedback from them, it actually gives you some concrete feedback on what the market is. So, for instance, I, I can give an example. I remember um, a couple of years ago, um, there was a company who wanted to do kind of like a Spotify-type app in Ghana. Um, yes, and so they came to, they came to me and, our, and my colleagues to help with that. So we did a user survey for them, and they found out that the people ha actually don't like ads when they're playing the music, mm -hmm. for instance. So if or they don't like paying for music in the first place. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a, that's a more accurate. That's, that, that was really something that's because we have this thing in the back of the people don't pay for music. But yeah. after going to the user research, we found out that it's actually um, verified that mm. people don't like playing for music. Mm. They rather get it free on websites, on downloading app application, oh, downloading from websites and yeah. not. So yeah, so you want to actually go in the field and actually test what you're trying to build. Mm. Are people going to be receptive to what you're trying to build or are they going to just kind of deny it? Or maybe the market isn't ready for what you're trying to build. Mm. So yeah, users, user research is very important for that. Wow. Right before you start. Right before you start. Before you even start coding or designing anything, you want to know, will this work? What's the what's the what's what's it pointing to? What's the idea? Is it going to work? Are you getting concrete good feedback that it might work? If mm. not, maybe you should just not push it out. Lady Omega Hammond is sending us a message on Twitter. She says, Please can you ask, how do you keep a good balance between aesthetics and functionality? Which is more important in UX or user experience? Um, so at this point, it's more about functionality mm. because sometimes you don't want to... What if it's function is not nice? I mean, you, but if, one thing about user experience, you can always iterate or make it better in the next version. Right. So I can give an example of Express, Express Bay, for right. instance. Even when they first came out, I wouldn't say that the aesthetic was really pleasing. It but was just very easy to use. It was easy to use, but if, that was a functionality. It was mm. very easy. You can do, just go press a button and make a payment. But now you can see in the next versions, they've actually improved the aesthetics. The visual design is very well nice. The colors are very good. The icons are very well displayed. So you, know, you can actually have the same functionality, but a very pleasing design. Mm. So you feel that functionality comes first. Yeah, so it should always come first. But your, your, your design can actually be very minimalistic, mm. but still the functionality should be very on point.
Nice one. Well, um, Steven says, this is so important. If the UX or the U user experience doesn't mirror the user journey and expectation, they either get lost or drop off and they never come back. That's very true. That's a very scary thing. Yes. Uh, For any person who's developing a website or an app to ever think that because of the way you actually design the website or the app, someone is not going to come back to it. That's very That's true. depressing. <laughs> it is. Um, but it's it's never it doesn't mean that you can't you know make some changes. Like I said, you can always employ the user research or try to make your applications better. So you want to find out, for instance, okay, why are users not coming back? So once you go to that, maybe you sample a couple of um, actual users to come and test. You can find out, okay, why are they not continuing to use the app? So it's funny because we bring pe people in sometimes where to test an application. Mm. That's um, usability testing, and we can see that. Oh, when they go to the process of maybe like login or signing up, that's where the drop off is. Or like, okay, the sign up is not well designed, or there's an error, there's an issue with the that journey. Mm. So that drops off. So you can see that, okay, if you actually fix that login or sign up process, the the retention or people come back to the app will actually increase. So yeah, it's all about, you know, iterating, improving and just making your design a bit better. Well, it's been it's been a good learning experience um, with you, Joe. But any final words before you take leave of us? Um, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So just quick, quick one. Um, so I think we this next half of the year we're actually rebooting our startup, which is like I said, User Hub Africa. Hmm. So we're trying to actually make you know pitch more to um, businesses, small businesses, app makers, and whatnot about how to actually be better and use the design of their application websites. So that's coming in. And um, also, just a quick aside for media content. Um, so I recently launched um, this new platform called Labari Media. Okay. That's kind of focused on more narrative about what's happening in space in Ghana as far as lifestyle. Um, culture, entertainment, and content. Interesting. Yeah, so well, um, head on to the platform and um, enjoy the user experience yes. and let us know what you think about it. Joe, it's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for making time to join right. us. Thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate it. All right. Right, so Jeffrey Oreku Sapong is here with the app segment. He has an app for you. Um, I don't know which app he has, whether we can actually pronounce the name this week. Um, but um, Jeffrey, over to you. Hello, good evening, and good evening to your cherished listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. yes. Um, so you remember two weeks ago, I brought you something about um, screen time? Yes. Yes. This week, I'm bringing you something else similar. Okay. This time, about your notifications. 
So some of us we are so busy, but at the same time receiving so many notifications on our phones. Now this app, what it does is that you tell it that between this time and this time, that's the only time I want to see notifications on my phone. So it will shelve everything, arrange it properly for you. And then at that time, when you're ready, Mm. it will release everything for you to respond to everything. Now, the thing is that on some phones, even phone calls are hidden. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. It's called Postbox. Postbox? Yep. P-O-S-T-B-O-X. Yes. One word or two? Separate. Post Post space space box. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Only for Android users. So wait, it saves all your whatever. It saves all your notifications and then delivers it to you at a time of your choosing. Yes. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Postbox. Mm-hmm. Well, listeners, um, check it out. Um, what 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 makes it interesting for you actually? So for me, I'm a phone person. Hmm. In the middle of my work, sometimes Charlie. I'm supposed to be busy. My boss has given me a lot of work to do. And it can be and distracting. I'll, yeah, then I'll hear, mm-hmm, <laughs> and I just pick my phone, look at it. Sometimes not to do anything, just to pick it up just, and see who yeah, sent a message. See, yeah. Then I'll put it back. Mm-hmm, then I'll pick it up. But this one makes sure that I can concentrate on the work I'm doing and do everything. And what then if when I'm some ready, very important stuff, like you know, you can wait. Send me an email if it's so, if it's so important. Send me an email. I'll see it on my PC. Interesting. Mm. Well, I mean, it's an interesting take, um, depending on where you work or what you do, but interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I like it. And it's called Postbox. Postbox. P-O-S-T-B-O-X. Yes, there's a space between the post and the box. I like that. I like that. Anyway, so um, listeners, please check it out. Let's know what you think about it. Um, if you enjoy it, um, let's let's know about it. And um, yeah, we can give some feedback to the people who developed it. Well, you can follow Jeffrey on social media. Um, follow me on Twitter. My handle is OJ Sapon. My DM is always open. If you have an app you want us to talk about, just DM me. And then we'll take it on from there. And yes, we will. Thank you so much, Jeffrey, for that particular one. It's now time for us to talk about your tech. Um, those of you who have um, some problems with some, you know, of the tech around you, and you're not sure exactly what to do about the little problems you have. Well, Ellen is here to present one more issue. Um, so you can do that by simply sending us a message on our WhatsApp number 0549-986-996. We'll call you back and you explain to us what exactly the problem is and we'll find a suitable solution for you from our experts. Ellen, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Phil, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? Good I'm week? I'm doing fine. Nice one. Yes. Nice one. What do we have for this week? Okay, so Selikem from Ajin Kotoku has a problem with his laptop. It has to do with his operating system. So let's listen to him. Okay. Top came with Windows 7. And for some time now, it starts to generate certain issues. So when I uninstall and then install with Ubuntu. So I've been using Ubuntu also for like two months. And I wanted to change it back to Windows 7 or 8. And it refused to go back to the Windows. I tried everything. Even to format it, I can format it. I have to delete everything. I deleted everything. I used pen drive to do the installation. And if I did it, it will go and then come back to the same Ubuntu. That's why I wanted to seek for any other advice. 
Charlie, I don't envy him at all. <laughs> that is such a dilemma to be in. But, Charlie, you see, I wonder why you would want to go through so many processes. You would want to do so many things. Explore. Explore the operating system. Take some risks. I'm, you know sorry. You I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but <laughs> like, I completely understand where <laughs> he is coming from. Yeah. Like, We've been there. Yeah, you know, sometimes you want to we, try and we do have let go of the machine at some point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's let's, let's 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 listen to the solution we have for him. Okay, just check your bio settings and make sure you have set the correct parameters. Remove all the partitions on your hard disk. A tool such as Hiring's Boot Disk will help in this regard. Do a fresh Windows installation. I'm sure this should work. Well, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. I wish I'd known this a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> it would have, it would have put me at ease and stopped me from worrying. I paid a few CDs to have someone do it. So, yeah. Ouch. Oh, oh wow. man. Well, I mean, that's the whole point of this segment. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you're out there, yeah, facing a similar issue, um, please just send us a message right. on our WhatsApp number zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six. And um, Ellen will call you back, and yeah. um, you know, you can explain the issue to her, and um, everybody can be educated. But you know what? Let's listen to the solution once again, because um, just in case someone missed it, sure. For those of you who missed it, this is how to resolve your Ubuntu situation. Yeah. Just check your bio settings and make sure you have set the correct parameters remove all the partitions on your hard disk a tool such as hiring's boot disk will help in this regard do a fresh windows installation i'm sure this should work and so that is a solution for you thank you so much um for sending through um your 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 question selikem we really appreciate it but then for those of you who are out there as well who would like to get in touch with ellen and um, have her call you back so you can explain whatever the situation is. You can get in touch with Ellen at... Yes, it's on Twitter. The handle is at E-A-Dapa. Yeah, Dapa. Uh, the Dapa is D-A-P-A-H-E-A-Dapa. Get in touch and let's get interactive. Yes, let's get interactive indeed. It's time now for the training segment of the show. And this part of the show is where we basically get um, updates on everything that's been happening within the tech space, whether in Ghana or outside Ghana over the last course of the week. And Joe is here to lend in his um, his opinion as well um, and his thoughts, especially um, considering the fact that a couple of minutes ago, the Samsung S20, the Galaxy S20, um, the Plus, the Ultra were released. Um, the Galaxy Z Flip, um, the first foldable glass. Um, um, yeah, we'll be bringing more details later, um, of course. But then, yes, Mr. Entry is here with all the details for us. Mr. Entry, um, good evening. Good evening, Philip. Well, so what do you have for us in terms of um, everything that happened over the course yeah. of the week? 
So there are a couple of stories trending in the tech industry. Uh, we'll start with something from Nigeria. So last two weeks, we did a story about Lagos State putting a band on commercial motorcycles and tricycles. Yeah. So it's been, it's been I think, this 11th day, it started on the 1st of February. Okay. And they were looking at what, what has really happened, what has changed, and how, how people adjusting to us was adjusting to the band so uh most of the platforms or most of the companies who were actually uh, who felt this band gokada happens to be one of them mm -hmm. gokada op and then max max.ng so op uh, they just took it cool they said they are not going to you know they're not doing anything but then gokada and max.ng they, they did they did a demonstration last week and then on Friday, GoCard has laid off seventy percent of his staff. That's seventy percent. Seventy percent. Yeah. Oh my God. Seventy percent of your workforce. That's a lot. Very people. sad. Wow. And I mean, it's not necessarily like it's their fault. I yeah, mean, no. the, the legislation has basically put them in a sort of situation like no. that. I don't know, Joe. Like, what do you think about that? Like, I mean, Nigeria and Okada are literally synonymous, exactly. and for a lot of people to build an e-commerce platform around the Okada business and for it to be just, you know, taken right taken from away. under their feet. Like, I don't know your thoughts about that. Yeah, it, it's kind of sad. I mean, you wish that the government had, insta instead of banning, they would just try to maybe regulate instead. Right. It makes more sense because you can actually maybe maybe license all these um, Okada, Okada um, businesses and just say, okay, you pay a fee every, every year and maybe you can make some money for the government. Mm. I think it makes more sense. Well, somebody doesn't think it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but, I mean, to, to, to see 70% of someone's workforce just laid off cool. just because they want to probably do the right thing. Exactly. You know, just do the right thing. I don't, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's sad, but I, I hope they can find a way to reverse it's, it. It's very sad. Uh, so, following, following uh, Facebook updates and Twitter updates on Gokada, it looks like we, they may be venturing into logistics mm. because they have mm. they have a ton of fleet fleet of motorcycles. Yeah, that's yeah. a sensible way of doing. And that that would be a cool way to you know get them yeah. still. Like that's that would be very very cool. And I wish them all the best. Yeah. We wish them. We, all we the hope best. that works. <laughs> we hope it works. All right. <laughs> any other stories? That yeah. So let's move to something else. So Facebook, uh, Instagram, IGTV owned by Facebook. Uh, will somewhere this year start giving giving creators the opportunity to monetize their videos. Okay. I think it's something that most people have been looking forward to. Mm. And then there's mm. also an opportunity if you have you have an Instagram page, you have a lot of following, you can actually get onto the IGTV and then start creating content. So when they open Monitors. up for for people to monetize, you can actually mm. just grab that that's, opportunity. That's, that's, I mean, considering how much time we spend on yeah. IG. It's true. Instagram. We, we might as well start making some money, money from, from it, that. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But anyway, Joe, this whole issue of almost everything, I mean, they need to have a revenue model, yeah. clearly. But it's, it's like almost every app that we have come to know, love, and enjoy always finds a way to get all the money out of us or have us commit some sort of money at some point. True. And I don't, I don't, I, I don't know what your thoughts about that. Like moving forward, it's almost like you just know that it's going to come. Like nothing will ever, ever be free. That's true. I mean, that's how they start. That's how they start out. So they start out with actually making the applications free. 
And then once you're hooked into the application, they say, okay, we want to monetize the application. So that actually makes sense in a way. But yeah, I think I think that I think it's a good move because if you are a person on IGTV or Instagram and you want to make money, I think this is a good place to yeah. do it. You can actually sell your your services or whatever on IGTV and just make money. So I think it's a good way for them to make money mm. and also for the people on on IGTV to actually make some money. So yeah. both sides win in the end in a way. Nice. Um, we have a very interesting message here. Good evening, Philip. I have a passion for data science and I have gotten admission to study MSc data engineering in Germany. Well, congratulations to you. Wow. Congratulations to you. The school offered me part scholarship and pay after um, study financial support for the tuition. But I need to find support for my living expenses. I've searched online, but all I get is subject specific support with non for data science students can you guys point me in the right direction i have up to may i need help whether loan or anything well chrissy thank you so much for sending it in um i'm not sure how um joe do you have any options available any places where he can look for funding um apart so, from these web like scholarship websites and things um i mean so now the internet is really um very large everybody's on online now i mean you can easily start something like a um, crowdfunding campaign to actually raise money because mm. i mean i mean it's a really good achievement to actually get a scholarship in germany yeah so you can actually maybe get some friends together put a, a crowdfunding campaign together and just you know try to get money from that people people can be very altruistic so mm. they actually can help you with that well um crazy i hope that helps um we're not sure exactly which other platforms we can recommend but um like joe is saying just try crowdfunding and see how it goes someone is also asking about an ecg app have you guys seen or heard the ecg app and um yeah has anybody used it um, not it. yet but i haven't tried it yet because my meter, the one in my neighborhood, it is still, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's still old school small. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Um, so uh, I, I've heard a few people who have said they've used it. I've not heard anyone complain about how it works yet, but we will have to go. Okay, in so this is what we're going to do. Up. We're going to review the ECG app next week on the show. All right, I sure. think that's only fair. Sure. So yeah, we're going to try and delve a little deeper into the ECG app so we can bring you like. Even though Jeffrey ha has an old meter, um, <laughs> we, we will sort of figure it out. Um, we'll download it and then we'll give you feedback about basically how to, you know, go through the app and enjoy the user experience. Um, hopefully, exactly. it will be hopefully it will be something um, to write home about. But thank you for for the message there. Um, yeah. Any other stories that um, caught your attention? Um. So uh, today. Yes when the vice president was speaking yes uh i got something that okay. i found very interesting the part where he says that uh wi-fi will be provided to tertiary and then senior yes. high school yes uh tertiary students fine i mean when we're in gij there was some wi-fi that we were using no comment on that one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to the high schools i'm wondering Charlie, people say we shouldn't bring devices. Exactly. Some students were so actually free suspended or sacked from the boarding house yeah. for having mobile devices. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're telling us free Wi-Fi, how are we going to use free Wi-Fi when we don't have the devices? Maybe, uh, the Wi-Fi will be available only around around the, the computer around labs. labs. Yeah, <laughs> only around the computer no, lab. Then it's so, wait, so wait, so where do you use the device? Because 
in the computer lab, the computers are there and you already have access to the internet. <laughs> so why do you desktop. have exactly so why do you give free Wi-Fi <laughs> to the school and to the students of the senior high school? I mean Because they're not supposed to have the devices in the first place. Yes. So <laughs> I'm going to use it. Um listeners, you can you can let us know how Wi-Fi can be made free and where they can use it and how they can use it. Um I'm not sure how that would work, but um cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um oh good. We have um a response here um on Crazy's issue. Um so there's a number it, Plus four nine. nine. Give me a second. Hmm. I wonder which country out. that is. Anyway, he can obtain financial aid from the DAAD office in Ghana. They offer full financial aid to students preparing to study in Germany. Um, you didn't leave a name, but we are so grateful for that response oh, there. Um, he's from Germany. Oh, he's from Germany. Brilliant. So, um, Chrissy, I do hope that you can find the DAAD office in Accra. Um, please try and find the office, Chrissy, and um, let us know how it goes. Um, because an MSc data engineering in Germany. Listen, that's huge. That's big. So, um, all the very best to you. So, please find a DAAD office in Ghana, um, somewhere in Accra, somewhere, and please let us know. We've sent you the message as well. Um, Kwesi, wherever you are in Medina, we've sent you the message as well. Please try and find um, the DAAD office and um, let's see how it goes. Oh, Gideon, Gideon from Germany. Thank you so much for sending that in. And we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for staying tuned in and for um, offering. Um, that helped there too, Kwesi. We really appreciate all that collaboration over countries and continents. Yes, um, Mr. Entry. Yeah, to, so to the last story for the week, mm. uh, Google Maps, almost everybody's favorite navigation app. Yep. 10, 15 last week. Hip, hip, hooray. Yeah. Is that why they look different? Yes, that's yes. why the app looks different. <laughs> yes. uh, the logo yes. has changed. Yeah, actually, I'm like, You have updated hey. it. You find some new... Uh, new buttons so there's a save button now there's a contribute button now and there's an update yeah, yeah. yeah. and then we then contribute yeah. what am i contributing to the icon looks like a drop of water yeah that's what it looks like mm. like a location thing mm. it looks it looks interesting um yeah. all the best to them on yeah. that one um so yeah so those are those are the updates so please if you've noticed that your google map has changed logo please don't panic it's just part of the updates um they are trying to offer you a better service um joe what do you think because almost everybody uses google maps Perhaps. these days and i mean we have talked about how integrated google has become in our lives mm -hmm. these days and 15 years of google maps that's a long time that's a long time that's a lot of data that's a lot of data <laughs> a lot of data I mean, it, it's really an achievement because I remember when Google switched on traffic updates, I think about almost two or three years ago mm -hmm. in Accra. And I was like, that's one of the best updates I've seen yeah. in a while. Yeah, that was wicked. Because it actually helps you to plan yeah. if you're going to go out to a specific area. Like, is there traffic? So you can yeah. just look at your map and say, oh, there is traffic. Mm. So, I mean, it's really a great a great app. I use it every time when I'm driving. <laughs> if I go to a location <laughs> to buy something. So, yeah, I think it's great. I think they're, they're really done really well. And I hope that they keep innovating and getting right. better well they're better for our sake and everybody else as well um there was un one other story and um ellen ellen um was there a story that you came across it was the senior high school one. oh it was a senior school we one were, right, we right, right, arguing right. About it but what do you guys think about the qr code though that's pretty eh, fancy hold on it's supposed to I come have a question, though. i have a question 
not everyone uses a smartphone. Yeah, but the the the, 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 the speaker of the vice president who was on eyewitness says that mm. it works on feature phones as well. Mm. So you just point the feature phone at the mm. QR code and voila. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Voila. Philip. He says stop, stop. he said wait. He said that um all the phones have basically um the QR code embedded in I mean I'm not like you actually have to Ew. scan the QR code Ew. to be able Stop. to get Ew. anything. Ew. No, I'm just saying he said <laughs> and I remember this very because I was standing behind Sander when he said it. He said that it can be a feature phone, it can yeah. be a young phone. Yeah. I think he even said pineapple phone. <laughs> <laughs> and that all you have to do is just scan. point it and scan. voila, payment is done. So since it's coming in March, um we will try both the feature phone so and the smartphone and see which one works. That My would mom be so has cool. an old feature phone at home. Yeah, let's I'm going to take that one. So let's put all our feature phones together <laughs> and see if it works. That would be so cool. That would be so cool. I'm so excited about QR code. <laughs> that um, yeah, that should be interesting. But I mean, the idea behind it though, yeah. like all jokes aside, the idea behind it is pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. The fact that we can enable payments on that level, mm. um, I think I think it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I can't wait to see how it actually works. When when do you think when do you think Joe when do you think we'll get to the point where mobile payments? I mean, we are the fastest growing. We are the biggest mm-hmm. market yeah. mm-hmm. in terms of mobile payments. You know, yeah. Momo and everything. Momo money, yeah. When do you think it's just going to be the the norm almost? Because sometimes I just feel that because the public sector or the public service has not been integrated properly, we mm-hmm. really don't see it manifesting in the way it should. Very true. Yeah, so I, I think, I mean, it's growing very, very fast. Nowadays, people are getting connected online very quickly, and have, and now smartphone prices are actually coming down very fast as well. So mm. now having access to those phones are coming very easy. Mm. So now I can go in the store and buy maybe a phone for 20 CDs as actually as a camera and a touchscreen. Mm. So mm. I think it's going to be go very, very fast. So if, so right now, nowadays, you can actually make payments with uh, mobile money with the QR code now. Mm. So that's going to be very interesting to see how this year turns out. Mm. So if it's done really, really well, I think maybe, let's say, maybe next year, maybe two years down the line, to be very easy where you see people making payments with their phones using their camera. That would be, be just awesome. Anyway, so final story. Um, Samsung has just released a Galaxy S20, the Plus and the Ultra. Um, apparently, the Ultra has a 100 times zoom um and some other things um there's the new galaxy fold or sorry the galaxy z flip which is um going to cost you about one thousand three hundred and eighty dollars um ouch um so um we don't have a lot of time to delve into the devices but we will break it down a little further and probably have um um, send a team over to Samsung to ask them a few questions about these new devices. But um, yeah, that is all time will allow us on the show today. It's been it's been incredible um, um, on the show. Thank you so much to Joseph for joining us, to Jeffrey, to um, Ellen, and of course to Mr. Entry. And a big thank you to Mr. Poku as well and Nidako Otu for their contributions on the show. The show will be available as a podcast tomorrow. So please look out for it and um, just share it get everybody in the conversations about what QR code can do for us. Yay. <laughs> um, it's been a pleasure coming your way. My name is Philip Pachon. Until next week, stay, stay techy. Techy.